what I want to do this morning is, now that we're in the midst of change, use this as an opportunity this morning to talk about leaving change and how to handle it well in a way that honors the Lord Jesus. Can we do that together? Let's pray. Father, we come to you and you are the Lord of all. You're the Lord of the church. And Lord, we'll use the phrase this morning, you, it's your deck and you have the right to reshuffle it any way you choose. And uh, Lord, often we think we're in control of that and then we actually end up fighting you as you're trying to do something. And this morning, help us as we walk through, may the ideas make sense, may we respond well as a body, and we give that to you in your name. Amen. All right. Uh, if you're new this morning and you just walked into this, we're not falling apart, all right? It's okay. We're doing good. Um, but, but welcome. We're doing a, a study in the book of James called Shoe Leather Wisdom. We're not going to go on with that this week. We'll come back to that uh, next week. We'll still be in the book of James, though. Um, but for this morning, what I'd like us to think about together, because this happens at different times, uh, I'd like to th- have us think together about leaving about change, and about blessing. Those, those three things. The point that we've often emphasized and that I've tried to coach us here is that there are good ways to leave a church. Uh, that doesn't happen all the time. And often leavings of churches are terrible and uh, there's hurt feelings and things that were said or things that were unsaid. And, that kind of, and what I've tried to coach us to do is, you know, you can leave in a good way. And you can leave with blessing, right? And it, it's a, uh, important to do that. Al and Paula are demonstrating that this morning. You don't have to slink out the back door, right? You can say goodbye to your friends and uh, take that next step. And you can leave with honor and blessing. That's an important point as well. John and Mallory are stepping down from their role. And again, in case you didn't hear it as he was mumbling through it, because I thought he did a pretty good job, they're not leaving Northview. They're staying here. This is their home church. They are stepping from one role into another. And if you really ask them, some of you, you know, okay, what's the real story? What's the dirt? What we, um, they won't be able to tell you, actually. Okay? Um, if you ask them, all, what are all the pinpoints? They'll say, you know, we honestly, the best we can tell you is it's a door we're supposed to walk through. And we're super excited and we're super scared at the same time. And Would that be accurate? Not heads. That's a good, yeah, there we go. So, so they, they're, they're transitioning into a new role. And, and they're doing well at this also. I, I'm very proud of them. It's been uh, fun to walk through them with that. So I think all of this is helping us how to learn to go through change and trust the Lord in the midst of it. You know, change is an interesting topic, right? Isn't it? Change is great as long as it happens to someone else. It's kind of how it, it goes. Sometimes change is way too slow for our liking, right? Are, are we going to get there? Um, how much longer? Why isn't anything happening, right? It just feels like it's taken forever and dragging its feet. And then other times, it just takes place way too fast. Just, wait a minute, we weren't ready for that. Uh, for example, the old saying in Seattle is if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes, right? It's, it's that kind of instantaneous move. Or like this morning, you might be sitting there and saying, wow, never saw that coming, right? Well, that's okay. We never did either, all right? And so we can adjust together. Um, Change is also interesting in terms of perspective. Um, Change done by me is often seen as good. Change done to me is often seen as bad, right? So it depends on which end of the spectrum 
we're on. Uh, for example, let me, a funny illustration is college students, right? Uh, college students don't think anything about bolting and leaving home and taking off by mom and dad and ha we're out of here, right? Kind of stuff. But if they're in college and you were to suggest to them, hey, honey, we're thinking of moving. What? You, you can't move. That's my house. Well, you moved and left. Well, yeah, but that's different. You can't, right? It's just an interesting perspective uh, on, on which way is which there. But the truth is that change happens to us all the time. So the real question this morning is not will we go through change, but rather will we trust God as we go through and experience change. And I want to pull from James. We've been in the book. And uh, just a reminder of where we've been. Remember in, in chapter 1, it says, Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces, and the word there is steadfastness. All right? And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I, I played with the verse a little bit for this morning, and it would read like this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you go through various changes that test your faith. Right? That, that would fit. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Right? As God asks different people to take different steps of faith, the end result or goal is steadfastness. One of the coaching points that I've tried to emphasize is that we have to accept and lean into change as God brings it our way. Not always, in, some change isn't too bad, some change is big, right? Uh, using, as I mentioned, the illustration of deck of cards, we said that it's God's deck and he has the right to reshuffle it any way he pleases. It, often we are uh, theologians in our mind with that, but we're atheists in our practical experience because we tell God he can do whatever we want until he starts doing it. Then we yell at him and tell him he can't do it, right? So no Lord kind of deal. And so sometimes we can struggle with that. James points out that part of the purpose of trials or change, as we're talking about it this morning, is to help us make us complete in our character. It's to to develop character. And the end result is steadfastness, staying steady and on course with the Lord, not being knocked sideways or knocked into the ditch, but staying steady down the road of faith and staying straight with Him. Um, The reason it's important not to be thrown off our track or, or sideways is simply... Because life throws a lot of curveballs at us. Any of you been surprised at the things you've had to go through in life? When you were 18, would you have said, oh, I, I knew I was going to go through that, right? There's all kinds of surprising things, right? Krista, do you ever think you'd be on a plane to Ethiopia, right? There's just a lot of things that we can't really anticipate. So we learn patience when, when things change slow and we learn flexibility when things change fast. The Bible is full of these kind of illustrations. If you think about change and read the Bible with change in mind, it's, it's all over the place. And we forget how fast things often change in the Bible. Uh, just look at the book of Acts. It is full of change. Nothing lasts longer than three years through the whole book. And it happens all over the place. Right? That book is in constant motion. And... We don't always respond well to change. Um, we pointed out several biblical illustrations, such as the wilderness wanderings. They did not like the process, right? And 
They fell into a spirit of grumbling and complaining, of which Scripture warns strongly about. Do not uh, fall into that. It just underlines how people tend to react wrongly when a certain hand is dealt to them. So the question for us this morning is, how do we uh, respond to the announcements, right? That Ellen Paul are leaving, John and Mallory are leaving, and uh, taking a step of faith. I think there's three important responses this morning. And I would say the first one is we have to stay steadfast. Thanks for using that word, Al. Second one is we have to stay grateful. And then the third one is we have to give a blessing. Let's, let's walk through those together. Uh, the need to stay steadfast in the midst of change is important. James 5.11, we haven't gotten there yet. This is a little bit of a preview, but it says this, Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job. Lisi, there we go. We're talking about Job. Okay? And you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And what James is saying there is, hey, stop for a second. Those, the people in the book of James were struggling with God's will because they had gone through persecution and pressure and they didn't like the process. And, and James is saying to him, wait a minute. Remember Job? Remember that story? And remember how that went? That wasn't pleasant to go through. But do you remember how the book points out how kind and merciful the Lord was to Job in all of that? He'll be the same way to you is what James is saying. In other words, the same way to us. So it's not the issue of whether we go through trials or change, but it's the issue of how we respond to it when we, when we do go through them. Uh, in Acts 11, Barnabas is looking at a church and he says that when he came and saw the church, he saw the grace of God and he was glad and exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. We have to remember that we are an outpost. We are a missions outpost for Jesus in Mill Creek and that our goal is to stay steadfast with being obedient and surrendered to the Lord and that it doesn't matter what things come or change. We have to respond well as the Lord leads us through different um, periods of change. Uh, Diana sent me an article this past week uh, written by James McDonald and it's called Steadfastness Under Pressure. I'd like to read it to you this morning. Sit back and, and just listen to this. He starts with James 1.3, which we've already looked at. It says, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And he says this, if you could have anything you wanted in life, what would it be? What would make your life just perfect? He says, people have been dreaming up answers to that question for centuries and have either been doing their best to pursue it or bemoaning the fact that they've missed it, right? But if they knew their Bible well enough, the answers to that question would all be the same. What would make their life perfect would be steadfastness having its full effect. And the emphasis there is on the full effect. He goes on to say, different versions of the Bible use a range of synonyms to try and capture the heart of this word used in James 1, 3-4. Some call it endurance. That would be New American Standard Bible. Some call it perseverance. That would be the NIV Bible. Some call it patience. That would be the New King James Version. He says the original Greek word, hopomeno, 
is consistent and it re- represents the most awesome thing that God can give to a Christian. That's a significant statement. It, it, the word is hopomeno, and he says it, it represents the most awesome thing God can give to a Christian. It is everything you could ever want in life. Hopomeno is a compound word made up of two parts, hopo, meaning under, and meno, meaning remain. Getting the sense there already? To remain under. It's the idea of remaining under, staying put, not wiggling away from the many pressure points in life. He says our lives are overrun with things that exert pressure. Our marriages can cause stress, just as singleness can. Managing our work and family responsibilities can increase tension. The effects of aging uh, add an additional burden. He's meddling there. And when not strained enough by these routine forms of pressure, here come those extraordinary, unpredictable forms of hardship like health problems, like children in trouble, like car breakdowns, and like those seemingly random weeks when a string of household appliances go out one after another. And I would add also when death happens. Right? We've been through that, a number of us. He says, the greater the pressure, the more you'll wish for any way to get out from under it, to run, to quit, to bail. But getting out from under is not really what you want because hupomeno is the funnel through which all Christian virtue flows. Hupomeno means steadfast, stay under, right? It says every good thing that God wants to infuse in your life comes through growing in your ability to remain under pressure. Or I would say lean into pressure. You've heard me say that before. If pastors would remain in their churches when challenges become heaviest, they'd experience the best thing God wants to give them. If spouses wouldn't decide they can't take it anymore, or if parents would stick it out with their prodigal kids, they'd experience what only hupamental can produce in their lives. As James said, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. There's not nearly as much scholarly debate on what the word for perfect means. It means perfect. And it leads towards being complete so that when someone asks what you need, you can honestly tell them nothing. You're content. When others are complaining about what is missing in their lives, you already know you've got everything that matters. God has given you the ability to remain steady when under pressure, to remain confident in faith in him, and nothing can stop somebody like that, McDonald says. The worst decisions you'll ever make in life are the quitter decisions. He says, I should know. He says, I've made my share. He says, your best decisions, however, will be the ones God enabled you to make, where you stay bolted in place when the trail was pressing down on you the hardest, and you refuse to walk away. Because God intends for your trials to transform your conduct and character. When you persevere, when you endure, when you grind it out with patience, what's required in handling those moments maturely, you'll come away with the greatest thing in the world. It's called steadfastness. And he says, trust me, it will be perfect. That's a great little article. Now just a couple qualifiers. Al and Paula are not quitting. All right. They are transferring. They are transitioning. They are moving 
uh, to kids and grandkids, and I personally believe it's a great decision. Uh, I saw it long before they ever did. Right? Uh, John and Mallory aren't quitting. They are stepping in faith. They are stepping from one role into another role, believing God has asked them to do that. Does that make sense? Does it? Uh, they would tell you, we're not totally sure, but we really believe this is what the Lord has asked us to do. And also, just so we keep this all clear, this does not apply if you are in an abuse situation. All right? I think we know enough about that today. But the general tone in the article is, is spot on. And it does apply to us this morning. We, Northview, need to remain steadfast as we go through transition. It's not the first transition we've ever been through. We've handled a lot of it well. It won't be the last transition that we'll ever face. We'll need to handle that well as well. <clears throat> but I also think beyond being just steadfast, there's something else we need to do, and that's we need to stay grateful. Let's get here. Philippians says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of the things that change brings about is anxiety. Right? What's next? What's it going to look like? What's that mean for me? How's that going to play out? Right? It, it can create a lot of anxiety. But as I've said before, one of the ways that you stay steady is you stay grateful. Always remember the Lord's been good to us. Always remember he's been good to you. As I've said many times, a grateful church is a healthy church. Take gratefulness out of the equation and things dry up and get stiff really quick. I've got to tell you, I am extremely grateful for what John and Mallory have brought to us in the last year and a half. Okay? I've had profound moments of worship and things that it brought to the table that have been an absolute blessing. Now, I don't just think to me, but I think to all of us. My attitude this morning is this. Not as long as I would have liked, but grateful for what they gave. Does that make sense to you? Not as long as I would have liked, but grateful for what they gave. Right? That timing, I would have stretched it out about another 10 years for them. Okay? I really would have. But God didn't ask my opinion on it. So... I'm, I'm shocked. Okay. Why is this important? Why, why is gratefulness so important? Well, because quite frankly, here's the real bottom line. Change can make us grumpy. Right? You ever get grumpy when suddenly things have changed on you? Uh, yesterday we came by, Kayla was doing the stuff here, and, and I, Pam was going to get two Chick-fil-A cards for the Van Winkle kids. And so he said, hey, we're going to Chick-fil-A. Kayla says, oh, I'll go to Chick-fil-A. And so we stop, pick Kayla up, and we're going into Canyon Park, and we get to the main intersection, and all of a sudden we hear this, pwing, right? Like, and Pam goes, was that us? And I'm listening in the suburban store, and I said, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it was us, because all of a sudden there's no power steering, right? The serpentine belt snap, and so I'm trying to turn around the corner onto 220, right? And we get into the Chick-fil-A parking lot, and we're sitting there, so obviously, you know, you call on the number they give you, and yes, sir, we'll get you a tow truck, and that's awesome, thank you so much. Four hours later, right, there went my day. Now, it was pretty nice, I was parked under a tree, and it was shade, I had the windows down, the breeze was blowing through, 
that was not where I wanted to be yesterday, right? That's not how I wanted the day to play out. And I sit there thinking, this stupid message. <laughs> right? But here's the thing. I finally realized, you know what? It is what it is. And so, I, you know, I just had fun and I talked to, you know, I walked around, talked to people and had fun and uh, that kind of stuff. But um, it's easy to get negative. It's easy to become fault-finding. It's easy to get critical. It's easy just to be a grump bucket. Right? And we're just mad because things aren't going the way that I want them to go. But I think we need to remember that as Christians, it's not that things go the way I want them to go, but that things go the way the Lord wants them to go. And sometimes what I want and what He wants are not the same thing and the one who's got to bend and flex in that is me. I always want the Lord to bend and flex in that. You ever told the Lord how he should change the way he's operating and answer your prayer so that things were better because you're smarter than him? Right? You know? And, no, you've never done that? Oh, okay. Well, I have. Okay? But here's the lesson. Think through. Think about the lesson is God always comes through for us before. He's always come through for us before. And he will always come through for us again. Right? So then this verse, don't be anxious about anything. What? Pray over it. Let's commit it to the Lord. We're going to have to pray for church. Why? Because we have to search for a new worship leader. That's one of the hardest things in a church body to do. Okay? Because worship guys are unique cats. They are kind of an entity unto themselves. And we need to try and find one that's halfway normal. Right? So... That's not that easy. And, and God has been very good to us in the past. He'll be very good to us again. So let's choose joy and be grateful. He might have spectacular things for us, and, and it might be an incredible blessing, but if we're just grumbling and complaining, we're going to miss it. So let's, let's not do that. And then one more thing as we, as we close out this morning, a uh, thought to, to give you, that we need to, to bless. And to bless means you have to bless not just with your tongue outwardly, but also with your heart. First uh, Thessalonians gives a great picture of this. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, right? for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Scripture exhorts us, give thanks with a grateful heart. Stay grateful. And then it talks about, in this Thessalonian passage, give thanks when? In all circumstances. Some circumstances are really easy to give thanks to the Lord. <laughs> yes! Oh, Lord, you're awesome! That's <laughs> so cool! And other ones, okay, bless with my tongue. Lord, you're great. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Oh, bless the Lord. Okay. Right? You ever have that battle? And we have to, we have to continually bless. This is, it says in this passage, this is actually God's will that we bless and give thanks. We know in First Thessalonians 4 that God's will is that we be pure, holy. Why? Because when we're whole and pure, we bless and give thanks. We can see God past the circumstances. And we respond to God, not just the circumstances. And it's so easy, so human, so normal to only see the circumstance and not be able to see the Lord past it. And so, practice blessing. This morning, as you go out, yes, it's change. Yes, 
uh, for a number of us, what John and Mallory brought in worship, we're already hurting inside, like, oh, I miss them. They're not even gone. We miss them, right? But thank the Lord and trust that his timing is perfect. Trust that he knows what he's doing and trust that he's got Northview in mind. He's, he didn't bring us this far to kill us. He brought us this far to bless us. And if he brought us this far to bless us, then we should bless him. Doesn't that make sense? And so this morning, we bless Kristen and Audrey as they head to Ethiopia. Thank you guys for being ambassadors for us. That's a great privilege to send you. We bless Ben Lamb in getting baptized and heading into military service and wanting to anchor his faith before he goes. It was powerful on the beach. The beach was loaded with people. And we took Ben out there and baptized them, and it was just a fabulous time of, of being in the Lord. We bless Alan Paul as you head to Colorado. You know your way back. Come say hi. All right? Know where to find us. And we bless John and Mallory as they take a step of faith and head in a new direction. Okay? They are not half Christians now. Okay? Just, <laughs> let's just put that straight. Right? They're fully Christian. They're fully obeying. They're just going where God wants them to go, and that's different than what a number of us thought. So let's bless. Right? And... Let's bless our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit for promising never to leave us or forsake us. Let's remember this is the Lord's church. This is not our church. This is not Steve's church. This is the Lord Jesus' church. And we are primarily here because of and for Him. And He has the right to reshuffle the deck any way He chooses. And the sooner we figure that out, the better we'll do as a church. Does that make sense to us? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, the change and the steps and the incredible faith that's being expressed in, in several different layers this morning. And uh, Lord, as, as we come, we recognize history is in your time, that you orchestrate all things. And it's just in moments like this, we get a clear picture of that, that not only do you orchestrate the big things, you orchestrate the small things as well. You're both the macro and the micro. And we give thanks to you this morning. Thank you so much for Menge and Hope Overflowing and how so many of our hearts have been moved with the boys and now maybe possibly the girls. And uh, we'd ask your favor and wisdom on that as Kristen and Audrey go and look and talk. And Lord, thanks for uh, Ben getting baptized and taking that step of faith as an adult to own his faith. What a, what a gift to his parents. What a gift to you and grateful for that. Thanks for the years of service of Al and Paula. Lord, I, I go back 35 years with them and we've seen you do incredible things. Thanks for their service here and all that was done uh, behind the scenes with Alpha and uh, community groups and, and so many things other people will never know where they came from. And Lord, thanks for John and Mallory. Thanks for leading us the last year and a half in, in great honor to you, in great joy with you. And we bless you this morning, Lord, for the gift that they've been to us. And we ask that you would already be preparing the table for who would be next and that we could take the next step, whatever that looks like. And so we give that to you in faith this morning. We're right in the thick of it and we accept your change and we ask this in your name. Amen.